There are 16 spots in the playoffs. And just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right everyone welcome to the post race show after the wawa 250 man what a race it was set to be a very quick race and then all of a sudden mayhem pulled up in the garage i'm telling you i'll wait for to the end guys uh no surprise he knows how to get to victory lane justin algar does it but let me tell you what shelton got a push on that last run if he had not hesitated he would have may have won that race because i'm telling you you look at it it is a very, very small distance between first and second place. Uh, it, 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 I, I think the hesitation. Uh, was it smart to go around or, or stick behind him and ride for second? Man, I'm telling you, he come mighty close. He was, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, really put on a great show. Just say, if you don't, just go on YouTube or It'll be up after after a while on the uh, social media page and Facebook and Daytona. So uh, check it out, guys. If you hadn't got your tickets, still time for tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night should be a really great race. I mean, the big guys racing the gun, the big guns out there. Kind of uh, before our guest comes on here, we got. But the other two analysts here calling in, but uh, let's let's play real quick. Ross Chastain uh, before tomorrow. This uh, come in the deadline room and talked eleven minutes. All right, we're now joined by Ross Chastain, driver of the number one for Trackhouse Racing, the Chevrolet. We're going to go ahead and open up for questions. Jordan, over there. Give you athletic. Um, a lot of talk this week about drafting and teammates and how you support one another. I'm curious, within Trackhouse, is there a conversation that needs to be had about, you know, hey, if Daniel needs help, you're going to have to be there for him or anything like that? I'm there for my amigo all the time, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've already had those conversations. We had them with GM and Chevrolet, and we know the bigger picture of of um, of the bow tie and what's important. And um, yeah, we can do a lot of 
we can do a lot of good and for the one car and and help you know people where we can. And um, tomorrow night will be a key moment to do that. When was the uh, conversations with GM and uh, what was said in there? Uh, Monday and just uh, just getting it right together, just to talk um, and uh, and just you know hear what people's um, plans are and and philosophies. Um, right, there's a million ways you can go about this race. Um, and I think, well, for, I know for me, I can't speak for anybody else, but my mind kind of like sways with the wind on what I think is going to work uh, because you look at statistics and you look at the history of it and it you can read it like one way or you can read it the complete 180 um, of what's successful here. So, um, yeah, just, just getting us all in a room and um, hearing everybody out. Right here in the front. Matt Weaver, Sports Knot. So all of that aside, you know, trying to get Daniel in, that's super important. On the other hand, it's a win at Daytona. Um, you of all people know how much one point could matter come November or October as well. So how much do you try to balance the needs for the entire organization, but also kind of your personal ambitions too? Personally, I'm in Darlington already. I mean, I hate to, I don't hate to say it because it's the truth. Um, you know, we, we've put effort in, and we have a, a car that we think can go can go be competitive, and we'll we'll play the race out as it comes. But um, I've I've learned to not come here with any grand plan. Um, yes, if there's a stage point, if there's a win, go for it. Um, but I plan on being I said it before. I plan on being backwards in the grass at 200 miles an hour. And if I don't hit anything too hard and I can get back to pit road with minimal damage to the bottom of the car, I'll still have a shot to win. So, um, you know, I, I don't I don't get upset when stuff happens at these places anymore. I used to be so on edge through the truck series. And then uh, I heard an old veteran say that, and it made a lot of sense. And it made my weeks leading up to these races a lot easier. And uh, so, you know, mentally, already started, we've already been fully preparing for Darlington. And then lastly, um, I feel like as both a fan and now as a driver, all you've really known is the current playoff format or a, a chase for the championship. So you probably don't think about how things used to be because that really didn't apply to you. How do you feel about being a part of this kind of pressure cooker playoff year after year? Do you do you enjoy that? I, I actually do think about that because I was a fan and I did you know follow the points whenever it was five points per position and, and season-long points. Um, and, and you got points for leading laps, and you got all and you know, this other stuff. Um, and and this is the last week. It's very easy to look at the points and see that we've fallen from within, or being the points leader earlier earlier in the year, we're over 100 points out now. I don't think with 11 races to go, we would have a realistic shot to go win a championship. So I love it. It gives us a real shot. It gives somebody like Chase, who's missed races, a shot. Alex, right? Like guys that are were hundred are hundreds of points back and have missed races would never have been in contention. So um, I love it because um, it, it allows for um, allows for me to have a shot. I, I've had the points lead. We've lost it. We've given up over 100 points, and um, we wouldn't have a shot without it. We're going to go to Jeff back there and then to Holly and then to Lee here in the front. Ross, in three and a half months, you have, I think, one top five and three top tens. Obviously, for the playoffs, that's not going to be enough, as you know. So what's your level of confidence that you guys can pick it up from here and start getting better results in the playoffs? My one team and 
driving the race cars. Uh, yeah, I, I see the stats. We look at it. We've we've looked at it um, with with GM this just this week of just how how the season's laid out compared to last year, and it's just a very glaring thing when you click on finishing position. Uh, but there's a lot more to be said for average running position, um, and I'm not finishing where we're running. Um, you know, the pace can be argued um, was better last year, but uh, running position was similar. So there's a lot of things and details you can dig into and see, and we just did that this week, and it honestly made me feel okay because I know where we can be better, and I know that I can be better at finishing these races. And um, I, 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 I got to tell you, I was a lot more nervous sitting up here last time I was at this desk announcing our multi-year contract extension and new contract than I am right now going into the playoffs, which is a really cool feeling. Um, those were nerves and pressure for another reason of just getting it out and, and one of the worst-kept secrets, second worst-kept secret I guess we've had this year. Um, but I have I had I had more pressure sitting up here then than I do now with Darlington, Kansas, Bristol coming up this month. Go to Holly here in the front, then Lee. Hi, Ross. Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. You kind of alluded to this a little bit, but do you, what are you expecting out of the race? Because there are so many people that need a win, that can get that win. Is there more strategy involved than normal, or do you expect it to be, um, you know, as Daytona often is? Uh, you know, what, what are your realistic expectations of this race, and is it different from the Daytona 500 because it sets the playoff field? Well, I think Ricky was just up here. He'd argue that it set his playoff field in February, so and he got a day, he won the Daytona 500. So um, that is uh, nothing to to not look at um, coming here in February, and it's a great reminder for everybody that you can just set your season to a basically a permanent win for the year if you win the Daytona 500. That's lifetime achievement, like Ricky was able to accomplish. Um, but here, what do I expect? Yeah, I expect all of it. Like I expect everything, all the highlights that we're going to see, all the highlights we know. Um, you know, I don't expect a ton of cars to be running at the end. Would probably be the only thing I could really confidently say I expect. Everything else is I could expect all of it. Um, and then for me, I can only control my my variables that I can you know directly control. So that's saving fuel. That's getting on and off pit road correctly. Um, staying with my group that we pit with the best I can, staying in the pit stall long enough while Brooke, our gas man, fuels the car and we get the right amount of fuel in it each stop so that we don't have to take more fuel later. Um, those are the things that I can control. After a decade in NASCAR, you had a breakout season at the top level last year. What did you learn going through each of the the playoff rounds Um you know, and getting all the way as far as you did in the playoffs that you can take with you this season? Yeah, a lot. learned a lot. Um, learned a lot about myself and, and our group at Trackhouse because there was, I had questions of could we step up? Um, there was some similar comments to what Jeff said last year about, you know, some stats that were looking a little lower. Um, and we went to we went to those races to Darlington and we were fast and we we did what we needed to do. We kept air in the tires at the Texas race where everybody was blowing tires and like my group did everything right to not blow a tire. We weren't the fastest car, but we did the things we needed to do to, to survive in advance, survive in advance. 
Um, it's no different now. I can't let, you know, the Nashville win um, or or everything that's happened since the playoffs last year affect the fact that I just know we have to go week by week, and then the Roval haunts me. I mean, that, that wreck partway through that race um, should have taken us out, and we were by some gift given another chance, and we took full advantage of it in that in that round of eight. Um, so minimizing those mistakes, um, we did so good those other nine races, and the Roval stands out as the one, and I got away with it. Um, but we'll, um, yeah, all that all that plays into account. And um, there's a corner I won't crash out at, at the Roval this year. I have worked really hard. I'm not saying it will happen, but turn two at the Roval's. I should go slow enough through there this year that we don't crash because that that could have been really bad. And you said you already had your you were already focused on Darlington. I bet after Darlington this spring you had a lot of sleepless nights. And so, what did you learn from that experience? And how will you approach racing at Darlington moving forward different? Well, what happened in the spring caused me not to win, and I don't like to lose, so I'm not going to do that again but I'm still going to go race and Larson and I have had some great battles this year um we were side by side a couple of times late in the race last week at Watkins Glen and then at the end of the race it wasn't me that was running into everybody at the end it was I was watching it in my camera laughing uh the rearview camera um because I was like yes it's not me (laughs) it's them um and and so um you know I did have some sleepless nights after, but I also learned a lot from that too. And, and talking to Mr. Hendrick was, when you bring it up, um, that was, that was some really cool conversations and he was great and he had some great advice and I've lived by some of the words he was nice enough to give me, um, that early morning we talked and, um, you know, I'll never forget that conversation, good or bad. I don't like the reasons that it came about, but, um, I like that talk, so I listen, and uh, I've I've taken what he said to heart and um, been better for it. Any other questions for Ross? All right, thank you, Ross. Good luck this weekend. All right, we are going to continue with media availabilities. We are now joined by driver of the number four Stuart Haas Racing Ford, Kevin Harvick. Um, if you have a question for Kevin, please raise your hand, and we will get a wireless microphone to you. We're going to go ahead and start with Matt. Matt Weaver, Sports Knot. Um, you're locked in. You've got a lot of teammates who need to join you. How do you kind of balance it within the four team of kind of serving all those needs? Uh, we have enough trouble serving our own needs. <laughs> so, you know, I think a lot of that stuff just plays out, and, and when you have the when you have the opportunity to, to put yourself in a position to, you know, to to help, you, you, you try to help as, as much as you can and, and go from there. So it's just, you know, I've, I've always found it harder to try to coordinate something and, and make it all work because it all seems to get mixed up. And and so you just, you go race and, and see when those opportunities fall to, to push and, and stay in line and, and do those types of things. And then kind of a Big picture question. You won two Xfinity championships, kind of the old school way. Uh, you won the first elimination championship in 14, arguably had one taken from you in 20. When you kind of look at the current dynamic, kind of holistically, the pros and cons, what do you think of the current way that we saw a champion? Well, you don't want him like Earnhardt did. <laughs> you know, I think, um, 
you know, definitely as you as you look at it, what we do, it's it's um, you know, it's just it's different, right? You know, so we're we're definitely in the entertainment business to to make things exciting, and you know, I think as you look at the the last race, and and it's definitely. You know, there's a lot that goes into it, but it, it definitely doesn't reflect the whole year. And I think our our years are definitely probably proof of that, just because of the fact in in 14 um, we won the right race, in 15 we didn't win the right race, and 20 we didn't win the right race. And and so, you know, I think it just um, I guess as long as you're in it enough, you it cycles out and and circles back. So you know, I think it's I can see it both ways. Look, I'm 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 going to sit on the other side of the fence and and want it exciting and, you know, I think from a competitor standpoint, you 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 I've raced it both ways and and I think, um, you know, it's a long season and there's a lot lot to it to come down to to one race. All right, let's go ahead and go to Greg. Over here, Kevin Greg Engel Forbes. Um, as you look at, you know, the end and you're done and all that stuff. And, you know, you, you, one of the things I'm sure you're not going to miss is having to serve as sponsors as a driver, you know, and make sure you get the right suit on and all that. Um, but as you got those, have you built up those relationships over the years with the different sponsors? And then you've got KHI on the other side. Have you been able to leverage some of that in order to maybe bring it into the KHI fold? Or is that always been, is there always like a delineation line where you don't mix the two, if that makes sense? I don't know that we've actually will lose a sponsor. So, you know, I think as as you go forward, they will be different. Obviously, I think there'll be, you know, the the, the partnerships that that we've managed and are a part of. And um, I don't know that I still won't have a relationship with every one of them. So, you know, I think as as you move forward, I think that's one of the more rewarding pieces that has come out of this whole puzzle are the, are the relationships and and then also you know, being a part of, of the conversations and, um, you know, the management group and, and helping find them things that fit their new budgets and, and new ideas and, and who the, you know, who, who and where you place those those sponsorship dollars uh, has, has been interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's obviously, there's a lot of moving pieces, um, but we will have good relationships with many of our current partners as we go forward. And, and without naming it, was there a track that you would not want to ever race on again that you're like, oh, my God, I'm glad I don't have to race there anymore? Mm-hmm. Indy Road Course. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to Jordan and then Jeff. Jordan Bianchi of The Athletic. Um, what Have you seen anything different from Ricky Stenhouse Jr. this year on the racetrack from years past? You know, I think I think um, look, Ricky's mature, right? You know, he's been around this a long time, and I would I would put him in the in, in the mature category. And I think, um, you know, from from his standpoint, I think that the car's rolling a lot more this year for a number of reasons. Um, you know, I think they've done a good job in managing the days when the car's not running good. I think they've done a good job of. I think Mike's done a good job with Ricky. I think Ricky has a lot of trust in Mike. Um, you know, so I think that whole group has, has kind of matured together and made more out of their situation than what they have in the past because, you know, they've, they've finished, finished a lot more races and, and obviously won the Daytona 500 and, and you know, had several good runs uh, th throughout, the, throughout the season. So 
they're just not all going to be good. I mean, you're just going to show up on in some of these days, and and you're just going to be off, and you just you know it's it's hard to figure out what you need to do if the car's watered up and 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 you know you're having to analyze something just by theory and instead of instead of everything that goes with having the car in one piece. So um, so I think they've just done a better job as a total group and. You know, Ricky's fallen into that category, and and but I think that that crew chief driver combination is is super important as to how the driver's confidence goes and the way things work. Thank you, Jeff. Kevin Luck has made about how you guys always seem to maximize every week, and and even if you guys don't have the car, you seem to get up there in the top ten. Like, how do you do that? Well, I think it's part of that same conversation that we just had, right? You know, you, you, you have to keep the you have to keep the car rolling and you have to be able to just grind away and make your car better throughout the day and, and stay in the game and, and be able to to reset as a group to hope that every time you pit or some and when things aren't going right that the car is gonna get better and so you know, I think a lot of that comes with and, and I tell a lot of our young drivers this, they say, Well my car's not good I'm like, Well why? I said, you're, you're a big part of that process. The driver is the big part of the process that, that really helps keep everything under control as far as the direction of the car. Is it tight for aero reasons, mechanical reasons, and, and understanding um, you know, how, to, how to push things forward to, to do that. So um, you know, I, think, I think for us, we just grind away and, and keep ourselves in contention and do do as many little things right, and, and you know I think that that feedback back and forth, uh, driver crew chief goes right back to the same conversation of of making yourself um, useful as a as an asset inside the car to be able to give the information of of what's wrong with the car. So you know I think grinding away and and just always believing that that it's going to get better after this adjustment and, and resetting and, and going again. Good. Happy. Let's talk a little bit about beyond here. First race, Darlington. Obviously, you've had success there in the past, but having that as the first race in the playoffs, how do you? What, what are your thoughts as you get ready to roll in on that one? I, you know what? I don't have any thoughts. I don't have any, any. I just, I. Every time I put thought into, you know, we should run good here. We should run good there. It seems like it. You know, it, it's. It could be the opposite. So, you know, I think Darlington has been a a good racetrack for us in the past, and and. Um, you know, we've had good finishes there and always been one of my favorite places to race. And, but, you know, I think looking at predicting what you're going to do is, is really not in the cards anymore just because, you know, sometimes you show up and it's just completely, completely different. So hopefully it goes like it has in the past and, and because Darlington has been a great place for us. I'll say pretty fair on that, but what about the first three races? You like the grouping of the three races for the first round? I'm still worried about Daytona, so I haven't got to the third, third, uh, the group of three yet. So we'll go from we'll go from. You got me to go to Darlington. So where's the next two? Huh? Kansas. Okay. Kansas and Bristol. It should be fine. But I'm not sure. All right. Go ahead. Hey, Kevin, Chris Gollin here with News Daytona Beach. Um, you've been coming to Daytona for over 20 years now, and this is shaping up to be your last time here in the media center as a driver, given you don't win tomorrow. Um, I was wondering, other than the obvious, which would be winning the Daytona 500, what are your, some of your, your favorite memories or just things that stand out over your career at Daytona? 
When I first started, we, we spent a lot of time here um, testing and, and preseason testing, and we'd come back and test some of our super speedway stuff. And, and you know, I think for, for me, I still remember driving in that tunnel for the first time to, to test here and, and realizing that you were getting ready to race for real uh, because when you drove into the Daytona International Speedway, you knew that, that things were um, – you were – you were progressing in the right direction. So, um, you know, if I think outside of, of the Daytona 500 and, and you know, the, the, the summer winds and, the, you know, the shootout and all the different things that we've been fortunate to be a part of, you know, from a success standpoint here and wins uh, as an owner in the, in the Bush Series. And there's just been a lot of, lot of great things. But, look, this is the pinnacle of our sport. And, and um you know, being able to, to race here has been an honor, but always what you were shooting for in your career because you knew if you were racing at Daytona, you, had, you, were, you were on a, on a good path. So, um, but I'll never forget driving in here the, the very first time and, and looking at the racetrack when it was empty and, and you know, thinking, um, sitting on the grid out there because you used to sit there for hours as, as you waited your turn to, to go out. And, you know, I, w- I was sitting there and, and they told me, they said, all right, when you go, you got to go out and hold it wide open, and I had never been here before. And it was—it's half. I mean, when you're sitting at the end of pit road, it's half as narrow as as Talladega. So it was—it um, was an interesting first lap, but I'll never forget it. Yep. All right, Holly, and then Lee. Hi, Kevin. Um, I don't know if you would consider yourself a sentimental person or not, but I'm curious if. So far this season, there's been a facility that you went to or something that was given to you or something that really stood out to you that will mean quite a lot as you look at this being your last season racing. And secondly, how hard will it be for you to kind of take all of that sentiment in when you're racing for a championship in the last 10 races? I imagine your mind might be in a different place. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not – you know, I, I think for I think for for me, when you when you look around and you you see the forever signs and and you see, um, you know, the different things that that each particular racetrack has done, and then, you know, you listen to the fans this year, and you and you really get a you you really get a great idea of of just um, how important they coming back and doing this last year, and and you know, putting the the forever um, logo around it, and and going to each track and and letting them do what they want to do and, and be a part of that is, it's important. I may have thought it was silly when we started. And, you know, I think as you look back at it and, and I listen to those conversations with our group at SHR and just, you know, the, the way that, that Tony did his and the way that he thought he should have done some things, um, those, those things are, are fun. It's been, it's been fun just because of the fact that I, I don't have to worry about what people think um, you can just listen and, and realize that you've had a great impact on on the sport and, and the fans appreciate the effort and, and the things that have gone into, whether it be driving or off the track or um, showing the emotion of, of you know being mad or whatever the, whatever the instance is, to hear all those stories and, and let people um, you know tell you about all those different situations and, and see the different pictures and things at the racetrack from all the success at, at certain tracks. And, and um, you know, for me, that's not something I would ever do because I look at it as bragging. But at this particular point, it is what it is, right? You know, it's, it's success at, at different places. We've been very fortunate to be successful and win races and, and, and have an impact. And, you know, I think being able to wrap my arms around all that and, and say, okay, I'm, I'm good with this. Let's just, let's enjoy it. Um, 
so it's it's been it's been enjoyable um, just because of the fact that some of the things that the pictures and different things that I've seen I forgot that we actually did uh, different moments or you know stuff that that fans bring up or whatever the whatever the instance is it's been it's been fun to to be a part and, and go back and, and think about all those things that that were a part of that particular moment so um, so it's been it's been good and, and you know, Marcus Smith was just a, he was a huge part of, of saying, you got to come back and do this this way, and, you know, for the tracks and for the fans and, and for the sport. And I was like, oh, man, I, I don't know. And, and, you know, now that we've, we've, we've gone through this part of the season and, and been through all the things that, we, that we've been through, uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun uh, to, to go back and reflect on so many things. Lee? Lee Spencer, catch fence. For as many times as you've been here, raced in the pack, or you know even Talladega, but particularly here since we're here, um, can you explain to lay people what it's like being in that draft to have all those cars around you going at that rate of speed and trying to process everything that's coming in your ear, whether from Rodney or Spotter, um, you know other people, and just keep it all straight and, and keep mm -hmm. your car in line and you know do the deal. Yeah, well, it, there's a lot of information to process, and, and I think, you know, just um, w when you're in this every week, you kind of take for granted uh, everything that's that's happening around you and the things that you that you do on a weekly basis, and, you know, it's just like Ross and I talking right there that we're going to go fire the car up and leave pit road wide open and just go run a qualifying lap just because that's what it is, right? And, and Typically, you would you would be somewhat cautious of of trying to put yourself in a position to uh, at least make sure everything was okay. And today, you put yourself in a position to just go out there and hope you know know that that you've you've got to do what you got to do. And if it's not okay, then it is what it is. And and so, um, but as far as the racing goes, it's it's um, you know it's it's different here than it used to be before they repaved it because handling was just so much of a, an aspect of, right. of what we did here. Good to hear from you. The worn out asphalt and the, the pack would spread out and now the pack doesn't really, doesn't really spread out. And, and you know, it's just a, it's a I, lot I think it just than, told than us we needed to get out. Or is. And, and, you know, I think, um, you know, there's just the track position is, is super important and you want to stay up in the front and, and miss the wreck. But um, there is a lot of information that is that is going on in, inside of your head and, and with the spotter and the crew chief and crew chief doesn't get to talk much. The spotter talks talks more than anybody anybody. So it's um, there's definitely a lot to process. And 